get excited when I hear that. I listen to songs based on how they invoke me worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last time I checked, God ain't never lost a battle. He never will. Amen. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy and your grace is sufficient. Amen. Come on, let's go to the Word, because I got a message on today. Father, we thank you for your Word that's going to come forth today. I yield myself a vessel for you to speak through to the hearts and minds of we, your people, Lord God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you take complete control. And yes, we thank you that you have never lost a battle and you never will. And that you, God, are on our side. And that the battle was yours and not ours. And we can just rest in you, trusting you to win whatever battle we face on our behalf. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen, always. Well, aren't you excited about what God is doing in this season in your life? Amen. God is doing some wonderful things in the lives and the hearts and the minds of his people all around the globe. We have reasons to do nothing but rejoice and praise God because, indeed, he has never lost the battle. Somewhere under the sound of my voice is somebody recovering from a terminal disease that the man said that they would never recover from. Our God has never lost the battle. Somewhere right now, somebody is in their right mind, and the doctors and clinicians and everybody said that they were crazy and psychotic and was never going to be in their right mind. Somebody right now is in their right mind. Our God has never lost a battle. I want to encourage you, if you are going through something, guess what? Beloved, our God has never lost a a battle. We're talking about a God that is 100. He's got 100% wins. Okay. You ever watch a fight, an MMA fight? How many people are in the MMA? I'm in the MMA. I love watching MMA. And sometimes I like to see the champions come up there and they'll read their scorecard and they'll say, well, they're 11 and two. They've won 11 fights and they lost two fights. You know, everybody's got some wins and some lose, but the God that we serve has never lost the battle, never lost a battle. You know how they say a battle, you can win the battle, you could uh, lose the battle, but win the war. Well, no, our God has never lost a battle. That means the war is won in Jesus' name. Amen. He's never lost a battle. And somebody somewhere under the sound of my voice is back home from being kidnapped and being uh, mistreated or held hostage, but you are back home right now as a result of the fact that our God has never lost a battle. Somewhere, someone under the sound of my voice has recovered from COVID-19 after being in a coma somewhere in a hospital for X number of days and losing track of time, and the doctors running around saying that they didn't think you were going to make it, and your family making funeral arrangements on your behalf. Amen. Somebody under the sound of my voice is recovered now. Why? Because God has never lost a battle. So if you're dealing with something right now in your life, no matter what the situation is, a doctor's report, a relationship is issue, a wayward child, a legal matter, whatever it is, remember that our God has never lost a battle. Amen. Somebody needs to get that in their spirit, man. Somebody needs to realize, instead of standing in a prayer line, you need to look back at what God has already done. And remember, God has never lost 
a battle. He's got a resume, you know, God's resume. We talk, if you've been around this ministry long enough, you've heard me say God's resume. You've seen how God in the lives of his people has done miracle after miracle, healing after healing, deliverance after deliverance, restoration, peace. He's never lost a battle, amen. So that ought to encourage somebody. Let's go to our message today. God has us in a series called God's Appointed Time with Man. And for the next several weeks, we're going to be going through this series. And God had us, is has, having us slow down. Someone say slow down to yourself. Say slow down. Sometimes you got to slow down. And you got to let God move how he wants to do. Sometimes you just got to lay the foundation. Thank you. You got to lay the foundation so that the word of God can come forth in a way that the people will understand it. So we're going to take this just this series just a little slower so that we understand what it is that God is saying to us. Amen. So God's appointed time with man. Go with me in scripture to the book of Leviticus chapter 23. And I said we're going to take this a little slower so that we can lay the biblical foundation for understanding God's appointed time. It's very important to understand this is God's appointed time with man. God set appointments with man. Not just man trying to set an appointment with God, but God's appointed time with man. So if we're in the book of Leviticus, we're reading the first uh, three verses of the chapter 23 of the book of Leviticus. Let me find the text. It says, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, these are my appointed festivals, the appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. There are six days when you may work, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work. Wherever you live, it is a Sabbath to the Lord. We're going to stop there because we're going to go through our focal scripture, which is the entire chapter of Leviticus. But we're going to slow it down and we're going to go through it piece by piece so that we can lay the foundation and understand what the Lord is saying to us here in this season. The Lord is illuminating his word in a special way to us because many times in our churches we are not taught about the Sabbath. We're not taught about uh, a taking a time of rest and honoring God on an appointed time, as the word tells us. Because sometimes we look at it as a Jewish thing or a seven-day Adventist thing, or we look at it as something as our non-denominational churches are, quote-unquote, no longer doing. But as you look over the last 10 years or so, more and more uh, Christian churches are starting to remember the Sabbath, and they're starting to celebrate uh, certain festivals that the Lord had intended for us to celebrate or commemorate from the very beginning. Amen. So let's go in and lay the foundation so that we have an understanding as to what the Lord is saying. The first thing is, why are we shifting this way? We talked a little bit about this last Sunday, but why are we shifting this way? It is simply the direction and the leading of God. 
It is based on the word of God. And we have to understand how to worship God in spirit and, and in truth. And if we're going to worship God in spirit and in truth, we've got to do it the way that the Lord says for us to do. Amen. And our biblical foundation in the book of Leviticus explains to us how God instructed Moses to tell the Israelites how to um, honor him on his appointed festivals. Amen. So Jesus, our Savior and Lord, our risen King, our Messiah, throughout Scripture, he honored the Sabbath as well. And we ought to do the same. And Jesus pointed to the very beginning of creation, which is in the book of Genesis. He pointed to the law of Moses, the first five books of the Bible, and the prophets from Jeremiah to Malachi to reveal God's plan for mankind. Amen. And so it gives all of the word of God give clues to who Jesus is. It all points to Jesus Christ. It all points to God and the creation of man from the very beginning. So when we look into the word, what God wants us to understand is what is the Sabbath? What is the Sabbath and why is it even important? Is it relevant today? What is the Sabbath? Well, first of all, the Sabbath is a gift. It is a gift from God. It is a time that God has appointed for us to kind of recharge and replenish ourselves. It's also a commandment from God. The Sabbath is for us not us for the Sabbath. And it's a time of keeping and remembering our relationship with God and our fellowship with God. And that means for us to take time away to rest from our labor, to rest from the cares of life and all the different things that we do throughout the day, to avoid burnout, but also take time away to set aside just for us and our family to get closer with God. Did you know that God intended for us to walk closely with him? Amen. How many of you understand that it takes time to build relationships? Relationships require time. If it takes time to build romantic relationships, you know, when you're in a courting dating situation and then you get engaged and then you get married, if it takes time in those relationships, how much more in our relationship with God do we need to set aside time just to spend with him? How many people would agree that you would feel a way if your spouse never spent any time with you? If you were never a priority, if your spouse spent time doing everything except finding quality time to spend with you, amen? What about your children? If your children felt like mommy and daddy are never spending time with me. If you never took time away just to get to yourself and do what we call self-care. Spend some time just taking care of yourself and getting quiet before the Lord and praying and reading the word and just having your quality time with God. And beloved, church is only one. Is only one way of doing it. Did you not know that you are the priest of your home? As your pastor, I'm sorry, I'm not the priest of your home. You are called by God to be the priest of your own home. 
That means in your own home, there should be some fellowship between you and God. There should be, should be some fellowship between you and your family and God. Amen? So that's what enjoying the Sabbath is about. So let's understand the first Sabbath, okay? The first Sabbath. So it comes from the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. It says, so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from his work that he had done in creation. Now, how many know God didn't need seven days to create the heavens and the earth and create man and all that he created? The animals, he didn't need seven days for that. God could have done it in one day if he wanted to. But I believe God spaced it out to show that each day had a purpose. Each thing had a purpose. Each part of creation was significant. And so if God established that on the seventh day he made it holy because he rested from all his work that he had done in creation, how much more is it significant for us today? They take the time and to honor God on the Sabbath. Because see, after the sixth day of creation, when he made human beings, funny how he made us on the sixth day. He blessed the seventh day. He blessed the seventh day. And the Bible says he made it holy. So therefore, if God took the time to make it holy, and to establish that that's a day of rest. It's a day of pause. It's a day of reflection, of self-care, of devotion unto God, of worship and prayer and spending time with him. That's God's appointed time. Amen? Anybody ever get an appointment? Anybody ever have, let's say, reservations for a restaurant? You have reservations for you and your family to go to a restaurant. That means when you show up, that's your appointed time. There should be a seat waiting for you because you had reservations. Anybody make an appointment at a doctor's office or a dentist? You show up at that time. Guess what? That's your appointed time. The doctor or the dentist should be ready to see you. God has an appointed time that he has established, that he wants us to honor. Amen? So the Sabbath is a gift from God. Amen? It allows us to take intentional time, intentional time, to rest from our work and spend consecrated time with him. We have got to get back to a place where we spend consecrated time with the Lord. We do all this running around. Some people are running from pillar to post, doing this, that, and the third. But we won't stand still long enough just to get in a quiet place with God and shut up long enough so that he can speak to us. Amen? Some of us are spending so much time trying to build, and we forget. The scripture says, unless the Lord build the house, the laborer labor but in vain. Unless the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. So we've got to take time 
to rest in God. So the Sabbath is a gift from God. Amen. God knew from the very beginning that we would need self-care before we learned the word self-care. And so the best way for us to do that is to tuck ourselves away from the rat race and everything that we do and take some time and get before the Lord. Amen. The Bible says, be still and know that he is God. So the weight of the world does not have to rest on your shoulders. My brother, my sister, you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. And you're wondering why domestic violence is up, suicide is up, murder suicide is up, child abuse is up. We've got more phone calls coming in for uh, child abuse and domestic violence and crime now during the pandemic than we did before. You got people ODing now that you never knew was even on drugs. Why? The weight of the world is on their shoulders. We've got to take that time away and rest in God. Amen. The Sabbath was important enough to God that he said in his word, listen, let the people that work for you enjoy a Sabbath. Let your children, your servants, your animals, your house, your house kids enjoy this weekly rest. That's how significant it was. The Sabbath is a perfect time to do what? To cast all your cares on God. Because the Bible tells us he cares for you. Amen. So if we don't take that time away, to rest from our labor, and to consecrate our time unto God. It's no wonder you have people running around doing crazy stuff. Amen? The Sabbath connects us with God. These are key points about the Sabbath. And see, many people, when they heard our message over the last couple of weeks, they've been asking questions, well, what does all of this mean? Can you lay the foundation? Can you come from the Bible and explain it to us piece by piece. Can you just slow down the message of the series? Usually when we go through series, we just go through them kind of quickly. But can you just slow down and, and, and lay the foundation so we have a clear understanding where all of this is going? The Sabbath connects us with God. It connects us with God. You ever see spouses that are going through issues. Then all of a sudden they go away on vacation and they make declaration that, hey, we're gonna spend time together. We're gonna take time away. Going forward, this is just a start, but going forward, we're gonna spend some time together. We're gonna be intentional about it, amen? We're gonna go on date nights. We're gonna go back to date nights. Yeah, I know we've got four plus children and we got two businesses, and we got a lot we're doing, and you're working here and I'm working here, but now it's time. We're gonna go back to when we dated each other, amen. And we're gonna spend that quality time together. See, God wants us to come on back to him. We're running, we're ripping and running, and we're doing all these different things, got all these priorities in place. But where is our quality time with the Father? Are we still in love with Jesus? Amen. Yeah, I know you got a title, but do you still love Jesus? If so, why you can't spend some quality time with him? What happened to the time when you would lay prostrate on the floor in your closet and pray for no reason? 
Not because he woke you up in the middle of the night and you got to travail for somebody. No, just because you want to be closer to God. You want to just hear what the Lord is saying to you. Amen. So the Sabbath connects us with God. We've got to be intentional. Nobody eats breakfast, lunch, and dinner on accident. Amen. It's intentional. You either go out and buy some food or you make some food or somebody makes food for you. But there's action on your part. You take a fork, you stick it in your food, you put it in your mouth. There's action on your part. It's intentional. So if you want to get a closer connection with God, you've got to be intentional about it. God's got to be first again. See, God wants to be the love of your life. Because guess what? My brother, my sister, he delights in you. He adores you. Your neighbor sitting next to you may not be able to stand you, but guess what? God adores you. It's one of the best things that you can ever learn is how God feels about you. You ever get into a dispute with someone and they tell you exactly how they feel about you and you walk away feeling about this big? Ask God how he feels about you. And when you hear what God has to say about how he feels about you, it'll change your whole perspective. Your self-esteem will change, amen? It's how God feels about you. So God loves you enough that he wants to commune and connect with you. So the Sabbath connects us with God. It gives us that opportunity to be intentional, to stop, to rest, and to consecrate ourselves before him. Amen? Amen? The Bible says in Philippians 4.19, guess what? He'll supply every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so when we connect with God and we are intentional about it, we take the weight of the world off of our shoulders. Some people are bearing the weight of the world. How am I going to financially do this? How am I going to emotionally do this? How am I going to psychologically do this? How am I going to, how am I? But what about God? Rest in God. And allow God to do what's necessary in your life. See, this teaching helps us to grow up in our faith. Amen? So that we can live out the life that God has predestined us. What good is it to come to church or to turn online and, and to listen to these messages if we don't walk every day according to what God says and have the abundance and the life that God has for us? Look at your name and say, God wants more for you. He wants more for you. Amen. Another thing that the Sabbath does, it connects us with others and strengthens relationships. It connects us with others and strengthens relationships. Did you not know God is a relational God? He is a relational God. God could have just made Adam by himself, but he didn't. It's not good for man to be alone. 
Amen. So when we come together as families in our own home, and even as an assembly in our church, in remembrance of the Sabbath, it connects us with God and with others around us. And it strengthens our relationships. One of the biggest ways that we can help win souls to Christ. Invite your friends and, and, and loved ones over to your home for a Shabbat dinner. And share the love of Jesus Christ. You know, you don't have to browbeat people with the word. You don't. You show them the love of Jesus Christ. That's why we're having Shabbat dinners once a month as an assembly, to help you all to understand how to have Shabbat dinners in your own home with your families, which is how you're supposed to. Amen? But invite your friends and loved ones over and show them the love of Jesus Christ. You don't have to prove you're right about anything. You show them the love of Jesus Christ. God is a relational God. He wants a relationship with each one of us. Anybody remember being 11 or 12 and your first puppy love? Some of y'all 10 years old. I don't know what y'all were doing at 10, but 11 or 12 for us normal folks. And you saw that first boy or girl that you had a crush on. And so you wanted to follow them around school or follow them around the neighborhood. And if they were older, they were like, get away from me. I don't want to see you. Sometimes we do God like that. God wants relationship with us. Meaningful relationships. He wants relationships for us with family, with friends, with people in our community, with people that don't look like us. Somebody say amen. With people that are different from us. Amen. God works in relationships. That is why that's one of the top areas that the enemy attacks is relationships. The greatest level, the greatest need for healing is the family. The greatest need for healing is the family. Broken relationships, father, mother, broken, kids, broken. They grow up to become adults that are broken, father and mother that's broken, and more children that's broken. And the cycle continues. The Sabbath connects us with others and strengthens relationships. Well, you bring your family together over a Shabbat dinner, and you're worshiping God, and you're praying for your family. As the priest in your home, you're laying hands on your spouse and your children, and they turn around and lay hands on you and you listen to what God is saying to you, then you can take authority in your own home over the things that the enemy may try to bring to your house. Amen. I'm trying to get us to grow up in our faith, trying to get us to walk out this life, this Christian life. So that we're no longer babies requiring milk, but we can grow up spiritually. Amen. God, is wanna, God wants us to grow up spiritually. He wants us to look at this and not just go through the motions, but actually live this Christian life in victory. Amen. So God wants relationship, relationships. 
it will take us to another spiritual level in our Christian walk. Not only with our families and in the service that we do, but also with people in the world and the community around us. Amen. This is all coming out of the Sabbath. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 24 and 25, it tells us to not forsake our assembling together. We ought to come together. Now, I know we're going through a pandemic or we're coming on the other end, wherever we are with this pandemic, and everybody has allowed this to be an excuse not to come to church. And for some, it has been a real situation. So not everybody's in the same predicament. And I know now people are just starting to come back to church. They're just beginning to feel comfortable coming back to church. But the Bible tells us not to forsake our own assembling together. Amen. So that means even in your own household, as far as it is safe, following CDC guidelines. That means even in the assembly of your church, as far as it is safe, following CDC guidelines. Don't forsake the assembling together. Amen? It brings you closer to God and builds relationships. It gives an opportunity for relational gatherings, okay? In addition to our worship service, it gives the opportunity to build relationship. Somebody sitting in your row may be a mortgage lender, and you've been praying and asking God to give you a house. Somebody in your church could be a handyman, and you know good and well you want to get something remodeled in your home. Somebody in your church could be a counselor. And you and your wayward children need counseling. See, God moves in relationships. Let me tell you how God moves in relationships. I was on my face praying a few years ago about a bill in the legislature. And I was praying about one bill. This is how God moves. When I got up off my face, God spoke to me and told me to call someone. I called this lady, friend of mine. She's a former um, state senator and representative. She actually was in the House and the Senate. Called her up on the phone, had a conversation with her. At the end of the conversation, she told me something that I needed to know. As a result of what she told me, our companies got approved, got state contracts, got state uh uh, got to participate in the state program. And not only did it increase our revenue, increased our clientele, but it took our company to the next level. Why? God could have told me when I was on my face praying, but that's not how God moved. He moved in relationship. Because see, unknown to me, while I was down on my face praying, God had already started working through her months before on my behalf. She just didn't know that she was working on my behalf, and I didn't know that she was working on my behalf until that day I prayed and got up off my face, and the Lord said, call her. And then when I called her, God connected through relationship. You see, that's how God moves. He moves in relationship. So don't forsake the assembly together. So the Sabbath is represented throughout the Bible. And for the sake of time, we're not going to go through 
each point, we're going to move on uh, to how it is represented. You know, we understand in the Old Testament that it was um, a commandment that was given down to the children of Is the Israelites. Um, in Exodus, it tells us um, this Sabbath day, well, well, actually, it was officially referred to as the Sabbath day in Exodus 28. And the Bible says that um, God commanded the people to remember it in order to keep it holy. Amen. And we know in Genesis chapter 2, 3 is where he sanctified it. Amen. And Exodus 12 and 16 is mentioned as a holy Sabbath or the seventh day. Okay. Um, and is referred to as sacred assemblies. Okay. Amen. And we go on to Exodus chapter 31, 13. Um, God later told Moses that the Israelites were to keep my Sabbath as a covenant throughout generations to come that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. Amen. So it's clear from the Old Testament how important the Sabbath is to God. So it's not only meant as a time for rest for the people, but it's also a sacred time of worship and fellowship with God. Amen. And with each other. Amen. So now let's bring, let's come to the New Testament because see some people are still in the mindset, oh, that's Sabbath, that's the Old Testament. Well, first of all, beloved, you got to believe the old and the new because God wrote it all. Amen. All scripture is God breath. Amen. So how, what is the Sabbath in the New Testament? Because I only believe the New Testament. That's what some of you are thinking. That's why we had to slow this series down and really lay the proper foundation so people have an understanding of what's going on in this present dispensation of time. Okay? So Sabbath in the New Testament. And then after this, we're going to go into Sabbath today. Sabbath in the New Testament. First of all, you have to remember is that Jesus is the foundation of our faith. All scripture point to him. Amen. So when Jesus lived on the earth, guess what? My brother, my sister, he remembered the Sabbath. Amen. So we can't say, well, once Jesus came on the scene, didn't matter no more. No, brother, sister. It did. Because Jesus remembered the Sabbath. So it wasn't just a religious thing from our Old Testament. Jesus said, Mark chapter 2, verse 27, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. These are Jesus' words. So Jesus spent time with his disciples when? On the Sabbath. He spent time with his disciples on Sabbath. He healed people on the Sabbath. He taught his followers to serve others on the Sabbath. So Jesus' words and actions upheld the holiness and the joy the Sabbath brings. Amen? So even after Jesus' death and his resurrection, as well as his ascension into heaven, the Sabbath is mentioned throughout the book of Acts. 
as a day people gathered in the synagogue or in people's homes. Remember this. It was mentioned throughout the book of Acts, even after death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus back into heaven. People gathered together in synagogues and in people's homes. So it's not something that's gone away with and we no longer have to honor. God said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, 9, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. So the last mention of the Sabbath in, in, in Paul's letter to the Hebrews declares that a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. Some of you need to get that scripture, Hebrews 4, 9. Get it embedded in your brain. So when religiosity and ignorance comes to your mind and tries to tell you, well, that's an Old Testament thing, or that's the Jewish thing, or that's the seven-day Adventist thing, you know, we're not any of that, or once Jesus went to heaven, there remains a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. So we have to make every effort to enter that rest. That's what verse 11 tells us. So how Sabbath is represented throughout history. Now, this is the history that I mentioned that we're not going to go through piece by piece. But if you want to do your own study or you like copies of my notes, I'll send that to you. But going back from 4004 B.C. all the way up to uh, the formation of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in 1860 through the Sabbath is represented throughout history. Amen. Okay. So now, celebrating Sabbath day today. Many of you know that we just had our first Shabbat dinner a couple of weeks ago, and we started just with our leaders. Now, coming up in May, we're going to have another Shabbat dinner as an assembly, as a church, and everyone is welcome to attend that going forward. Um, we do have manuals here that you can pick up at your leisure. They'll always be on the connection table. If you want to pick up a copy of it, you'll be able to see how we're going to be, um, how you can um, have a Shabbat in your own home uh, with your families, and which is what we encourage you to do on the weeks when we are not having a Shabbat here at the church. Um, and then also, uh, starting in May, joining us on Saturday nights for worship night. Amen. But celebrating the Sabbath today, what does that mean for today? We've laid the foundation of the history. We understand it's a biblical command, and it came from God, and everything points back to Jesus. Now we understand, we have a clear picture, that even after the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus back into heaven, the Bible still tells us there remains a Sabbath rest. A Sabbath rest remains for the people of God. And it is still something that we ought to do today. We ought to make every effort to enter into that rest. Now that the foundation is laid and it's clear, how, what does it mean to celebrate the Sabbath today? To remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy is simple. Some people choose to clear their day of any obligation. Some people attend church. They gather with friends and family members over a special meal. That's that Shabbat dinner that we're referring to. 
They look for ways to reach out and help others. How do I celebrate the Sabbath today? How do I keep it holy? Clear my day. Spend some quality time with God. Go to church. Have a Shabbat dinner with my family and friends. Have a Shabbat dinner at my church. Look for ways that we can help others. Do what Jesus did on the Sabbath. It's that simple. But be intentional about it, amen? Because it's God's appointed time with man. Be intentional about it. It should be so intentional for you that it's the same as if you got up, got dressed, took a shower, ate breakfast, went to work. You're intentional about those things. The Shabbat or the Sabbath should be intentional. And if you hear me say Shabbat or you hear me say Sabbath, <laughs> Shabbat is the Hebrew root word for Sabbath. Amen. <laughs> so that's why we call it a Shabbat dinner. And again, we have manuals up here that will show you exactly how to have one in your own home. You're more than welcome to join us for the next Shabbat dinner uh, in May. And um, you can check your calendars, put it on there. But start by clearing your calendar of your obligations. Start by making it an intentional priority in your life that you are going to take this Sabbath, this next Sabbath, start with this next one if you can. And you're going to just steal away from everything. And you're going to spend that time with God. You're going to grab your family members and loved ones and just spend some time with God over a meal. Honoring God, remembering what he's done. Find a way to serve and help someone else who's less fortunate than you. Get into your church. Get a quiet place in your home. Lay prostrate before the Lord and just pray and listen to what God says. Amen. This is the listening part, that part, that little itty bitty, bitty bitty part, that big part. And lay before the Lord and allow God to move in your life. And to be clear, the Sabbath actually begins um, at sundown on Friday and it goes through sunset on, on Saturday. Amen. Amen. And so some people like to prep for it. Some people like to um, put together a special dinner and they set things aside for it. Just be intentional about it. However you go about doing it in your own homes with your families or even uh, coming to church as an assembly, you'll see how we do it here. You can spend that time with God. Be intentional about it. Look for opportunities to worship God. Read your Bible, pray, go for a walk, visit a friend, volunteer at a food pantry, come help us feed 4,000, amen. Join a Bible study, visit a park or a museum, but be intentional about it, amen. The ideas are limitless. There's different ways that you can do it. Find what works for you and for your household. Amen. But God's plan is for us to have life and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. That's what it tells us in John 10. 
And so God wants to grow up in our faith, and he wants us to go to the next level. And so you, want to, you do not want to miss any part of this series called God's Appointed Time with Man, because next week we're going to start going into more of the festivals and what they mean and why it is God put these appointed times in place and how we are to still in this time, in this present day, honor God in them. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word that has gone forth today. We pray that it fell on good ground. Let it bear much fruit in our lives. And we do thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Always.